0: this is the part two of episode six of let's get uncomfortable featuring dr mona Mehta. here we continue discussing about the state of education in our country thank you there was also public uh, public litigation filed for this in the high court to actually cancel these examinations because students stay far away students have to travel a distance like there is no uh, efficient public transport to actually go to the center of examination so what do you make of this scuffle and what do you think about it because you're directly involved in this you have to conduct exams as a vice principal so Um, what do you make of all of this
1: look this confusion happened because different parties had different interests right? Uh, The students were really happy with the news that no exams being there. Uh, They were celebrating all over town, all Instagram posts, Facebook posts, you would see, they were celebrating about it. Uh, So different people looked at it differently. But uh, I uh, appreciate what has finally been the outcome. Students have to give an exam, especially final year students. I mean, that is an undeniable fact, right? You can't send people out into the market or into the industry when they have not given a final year exam. So I'm happy that finally these students are giving an exam. Yes, it's taken a lot of time. And I know a lot of students uh, could not go abroad uh, or they have to take the January intake because of this time. But now the speed is very good. So the exams for all colleges are going to start by 1st October and uh, they will be binding up the exams by 15th October. And uh, by 17th of of October, all the marks will be uploaded and communicated to the university. And uh, since our college is an autonomous college, we'll be declaring the result by 30th of October. So by October, it is going to be done for them now. And I feel the paper pattern is also something very good for the students. It's become a 1-hour, 50-mark MCQ, which I think is very good. It tests their concepts as well as it's not really taxing. So I, I think it's a bit of situation for the students as well as the college authorities uh, who felt that an exam should be done. Students who don't have technology or can't access technology. right? always provision for them can be made later on that facility is also there so they've really taken care of everything uh, and students just have to ensure that they have uh, the right internet connection at least you know five or six days where the uh, exam is going to happen and since it's a one hour i don't think that would be too difficult to. so we have got a form filled by the students asking them whether they have availability of net do they have the uh, device to give the exam on uh, 99% of the students are in place so hopefully it should be over in time like
0: looking at a positive outlook like you know the exam issue has been resolved but there is a lot of uh, you know negativity among students because when the lockdown happened it was suddenly at a halt and you know, everyone was ambiguous about when the exams would be ended or would be Be or would they be conducted at all due to which they lost touch with their studies and when immediately, like, due to the scuffle between, like, due to the back and forth between a governing bodies, an immediate decision was passed due to which students had to quickly switch gears and start studying, which caused a lot of issues. Like, students started protesting because, you know, there's not enough preparation time and everything. And many people, many students were saying that we have to travel long distances in order to reach an examinations and in order to give examinations yeah. and as you said like many people don't have access to good quality internet and technology they are protesting and like not only uh, concerning our degree college but like you know finally year law students they also started opposing the UGC and along with the bar council like they started as uh, they started over opposing UGC and the bar council uh, regarding the cancellation of exams because like m- most of the colleges related to law and commerce are situated in Maharashtra, Delhi, and in Pune also. So like ma- like many students are not from the area and they have they are actually yeah. they have migrated for education and now they have already went back and plus. Many of the institutes and universities are conducting like physical examination, maybe you have to be present there in order to make in order to give the examination like like I think I know yours is pretty sorted according to your point of view, but there is a lot of things going on
1: and students no, no, no. let's keep the basic clear students don't want to give exams teachers want to take exam you know that's the basic right we don't want out an, i think for a lawyer or a doctor to come out without an exam that's the worst that can happen right uh i don't think i would like to hire a person or uh, uh, you know services of a person who has not gone through the grind right and they were traveling and when everything was normal uh their lives were difficult too. Now it's difficulty in a different way. Like education institutions are trying to adapt, I think students have to open up to the idea of adapting too. Right? You have to adapt to it. Look for NEET and uh, all these exams. Students do travel and give, give these exams. If you want the degree, you have to do what is required with the degree. So I think they have to develop a way to find a way and finish it off. You know, no use dragging it further because the decision has been taken so many times. In fact, our college could have conducted the exams, but we did not because we thought students would object. Why are you conducting it, remaining aren't? If we had taken it at that particular time, they would be with their results. Since our college is an autonomous college, we could have done that, right? i think students have to waken up to the idea and they're pretty okay with it we have spoken to all batches of ty students in our college principal ma'am addressed them and they're all okay with it they just want to want one thing from us the keyword that they always have question back just give us question back remaining
0: there. <laughs> so ma'am, yeah, degree examination degree college examinations like they have been pretty well worked out and you know uh, like a, it has been uh, established that how the examination and the method and the procedure should be taken but like a lot of national examinations such as CAT, yeah. any NEET, JEE, like these are nation nationwide examinations yeah. and like the scope of that examination and the scope of controlling it is a lot more bigger so yeah. like That it is that those national examinations are facing a whole lot more protesting uh, as compared to the degree examinations because like in like in national examinations every student from everywhere is a uh, like is giving this exam and like people from Bihar Gujarat Assam and Kashmir are giving these examinations and plus whatever internet restrictions they have the transport limitations it is becoming very difficult for them because NET is supposed to happen during this, like in April and in March, and which was postponed two times and it's now like they are starting to conduct it now. And like uh, these examinations, if these are conducted online, there is a lot more uh, headbags because there is a lot of students. So like, you know, like uh, managing the server itself, it's a huge task like what do you make of these national examinations because they have also like people who give net sorry nwt and je many of them have jobs many of them you know work on side by side and due to many job losses and salary cuts they they have they are facing much worse conditions like they have to think about the exam now and also they have to think about their own unemployment yeah. and like there were 15.95 lakh students that registered for NWET. And like when these examinations were postponed, any nwd is scheduled for September 13th and JE is between September 1 and 6. So, like without considering the students' uh, condition, the national testing agency they already started gearing up for these examinations. They increased the number of examination centers from 2,546 to 3,843. And they started working on admission cards and everything. So what do you think about the national examinations that are in for a toss now?
1: You know, somewhere I think this is an area where the government has to work on. They definitely have to work on uh, making exams, uh, national level exams available online and available from home. So at least a lot of problems that people face, going to the center, moving out, get solved. This is an area definitely, uh, there has to be some thought process put into, and this is where we need innovation. So that these problems are uh, solved from the root itself. It's just not about today, it's about uh, years to come, uh, students can give at least the exam at the comfort of their home with nothing else. I agree. It is very tough for these students. I agree. Uh, It's it's a very confusing state, right? They don't know what to do. They don't know where they're going. Uh, And uh, you sort of start feeling defeated. Uh, But there's no choice. There's no choice. You just have to take it as it's been a bad day and decide whatever you think is feasible for you according to your circumstances. Otherwise, wait for next year. It doesn't, it it is not the end of life. Right? I always feel there's always a next chance. Take that up.
0: Okay, ma'am. Thank you. And now I want to discuss something very important that has happened in the education system of our country. Another important thing, which is the national education policy. It has been reformed and changed after a very long period, like, like. Uh, in lockdown they decided to actually release this national education policy 2020 and like there are a lot of good points there are a lot of bad points there are a lot of cons also pros also so like what what were your key highlights that you took away from this policy being discussed what i
1: really liked is i like the idea of a credit balance i've always loved that idea right it gets uh, students more focused you get your credits and you keep them in your bank and then you utilize them you know when you want to so i felt that idea is brilliant what i even liked is what they have done to pre-primary education uh, getting uh, that recognition giving it three proper years of pre-primary education multiple exit and entry uh, and the stress that they have laid on skills You know, Abhishek. during the lockdown, I realized how important it is to know uh, basic skills, like repairing your own tube light, for example, right, which none of us really touch. So I like the kind of emphasis that they've given on this. On paper, the policy looks brilliant, right? It really looks like a masterpiece. But I think the hiccups are in implementation. You know, in the Indian education system, what is one of the biggest hiccups is the number of students you cater to. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about skilling or maybe teaching gardening to students, which students would love, how do you teach 60 students together? Or how do you get uh, 60 gardeners to teach each student? So what has to be thought about definitely is the implementation. Uh, That has to be thought about, only then uh, will it make sense. Otherwise, it will be like any other policy. So, more than the policy, I think what uh, the government is trying to do is trying to bring out implementation in a face-wise manner. And uh, the role of the teacher is going to change drastically. They have said, uh, you know, you can be in a teaching institute, college, or you can be in a research institute, university. So, teachers also have to figure out where they want to be and uh, what is their, how do they see themselves? How they, do they define their role? So that's a big change again for teachers also uh, when we talk about education, right? Like I said, the biggest challenge I always see in India with education is the numbers. We cater mm-hmm. uh, to mass education and the numbers are very, very high. Unlike abroad uh, where the students are limited in number their class size is a 20 or a 30 so to implement things like this holistically becomes very easy for them unlike uh, the Indian scenario
0: and like talking like you're talking about the numbers like it's so heavily populated but the demographics also like there is there are so many various types of people various castes various religions and like all of that also plays into all of our education so like that also makes it much more difficult regarding you know data and yes, yes. so and i also want to talk about this uh, reform that they introduced that re- instead of 10 plus 2 they now want to make it 5 plus 3 plus 3 plus 4 and plus they want to introduce three years preschooling which was previously two years preschooling yes, like yes. what do you make of that and because and they've also uh, really they've also like uh, re- what do you say, they have also lowered the intensity and the strength of the 10th and 12th exams because they want to focus more on the broader area. They want to make students more diversely knowledgeable, more diversely educated. So what do you first make of this uh, 5 plus 3 plus 3, or 4?
1: More real, Abhishek. You know, they can go try out things. It's more real. And uh, it's more holistic in its approach. I really like it. Like I said, the three years preschool, I loved it. Uh, there has to be, uh, and managing small kids is the toughest. Mm. Managing degree students, I feel, is easier than managing small children. So I, I really appreciate this approach of the government. You know, in one of the webinars where I was attending, one principal said Indian education in the past also was like that when they were studying. They had choices, and uh, uh, one thing that a lot of people were criticizing or saying: foreign universities are allowed. Top hundred, forty universities can set up the campus in India, All right? And uh, uh, one, uh, you know, member in that uh, webinar mentioned, okay, but then that means Indian uh, universities and colleges can compete with foreign education too. So if you look at it, we are going to at least benchmark higher standards now. I think that it is very very welcoming, but uh, it should be implemented in a phased manner. If we do everything together, we are going to be lost and confused. And we know this feeling of being lost and confused now. We understand it completely well, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, ma'am, like, i'm talking about the five plus three plus three four, five plus three plus three four. Like, it actually, like, it it's for the children who are from 8, three to eighteen years of age. And like yes. how does it play into degree education because this policy is for students who are into higher education till the age of 18 and after that they come to a degree, they come for degree education. So how does this benefit your area, your, which is especially you specialize in degree degree education. So how, how well does this play into your back, into your playing field
1: Like because you're making a
0: change from the ground up?
1: I don't know how well it really plays because I haven't seen it. But I feel when students come into degree, this is a feeling I have, uh, they'll know what they want uh, to do more clearly, right? Because students have this option of a multiple exit. uh, So they'll be more clear about it. And the degree program has also become four years. So, uh, you know, if they want to take a degree and leave, leave after three years, they will do that. But if the student wants to maybe pursue research, and go further into uh, uh, research, they will do a four-year degree. So definitely students will have to make a decision whether they want to just take education and work or whether they want to get into research. That is one decision they have to definitely make. Unlike students now. Sorry ma'am, continue. Unlike students now, they did not have to make this decision, right? And if they do that one-year research, that is four year degree, their post-graduation one year gets uh, uh, lessened. So that's a very big benefit if you want to study further. So it's telling students that if you want to study further, this is how education is going to look like. And it is, uh, you know, uh, multi-facility. You're not sticking just to uh, your stream, you're giving importance to other streams also.
0: And I'm talking about like, you know, like the freedom of uh, like they're making it a lot more freer now. There is also like they're trying to implement at the school level that students can choose subjects they want to learn. And they're like, literally school students can pick subjects that they want to learn, which makes it more diversified. And even in at the college stage, they're actually blurring the lines between science, arts, and the commerce streams, they want to make it much more cohesive now so like they want students to like they are expecting students like if you want to do a uh, course in science do that pick a subject from science pick a subject for art pick a subject from art like that leaves students so open so like because uh, till now it's been a very rigid structure that you're allocated specific amount of subjects and you have to do that but now they have opened all the gates there are no barriers and now students can pick and choose like they can do a subject from science they can do a course from commerce they can also do arts so like how we, how well do you think like it, it will play into your college like, like this freedom like it may also have a lot of limitations because managing such a diversified lot of students takes a toll when you're managing the data but there are also pros of it because students get to choose their subjects which also opens up for many vocational and arts courses that were previously not so free. So what do you make of this uh, open decision like the students can make according to their subjects?
1: I always feel when there is too much choice, you're not able to make a decision. And I always tell that in marketing, even when the customer has too much choice, making a decision is really tough. So one uh, field that I see growing is career counseling is going to come up in a big way and uh, students and parents both are going to need assistance in making these choices, right? Because we, we have never been used to, you know, uh, making choices. We were always given what we have to learn and we took that. So now when a student has to make choice, they will have to be trained in that respect. Uh, what my fear is, maybe if you choose something your friend takes, that's how uh, Indian cho- uh, students choose uh, sometimes, and you don't like what you have taken, uh, that's going to be a problem area. So being uh, very conscious of what you want is going to be very, very important. But what is the pro or what is the advantage? You discover yourself. If you are able to identify what you like and what you don't, I think that is self-discovery, right? So it's given the students an opportunity not to blame the education system. Otherwise, you know, it was always easy to blame the education system or blame the teachers or blame the parents that you're forcing me to do it. Now the choice is given. It's your time to execute it. So the responsibility is passing on to the learners. And
0: like I, I, I can see a lot of Scandinavian uh, inspiration from the new education, education. policy. They in education.
1: You know, they lead yeah. in the style and the kind of success that they have got. Because uh-huh.
0: They also promote the selection of subjects and they want their students to be diversified yes. as much. But they have the infrastructure in place in order to execute that. So what yes. our government needs to do is actually place a mm-hmm. solid infrastructure for this, For which I think I wish I wish and I hope they do it in a good amount of time in
1: here, in here. We have to keep the Indian context in mind when we make any policy, right? Maybe countries abroad have been uh, successful, but their context was different. Mm -hmm. So we have to keep the Indian context in mind whenever we make a policy. Only then can it be successful.
0: Uh, Because there are a lot of barriers, like in our, like uh, demographically, as you can see, there are a lot of barriers, too many different types of people to manage. But
1: But the change, Abhishek, is going to come faster than we are seeing it right? It's here and it's coming in. And definitely next 10 years uh, it's going to revolutionize the way education has been happening. And I think it's for the good. You know, all these students that go abroad uh, uh, won't have to go abroad. Now, the same opportunity will be available in your country.
0: Yeah, like talking about the national education policy, there was another uh, decision being made which was the government opted as uh, creating a new regulatory system which is known as the national higher education regulatory council which is which is to function as one single body which will uh, make decisions in the teacher education higher education sector and ex- but they will exclude medical and legal education because there are separate bodies for that right. like what do you make of this uh, decision of having one regulatory body
1: because coordinating with multiple regulatory authorities made the system very difficult, right? And each each, uh, uh, regulatory authority looked at education and looked at the requirements differently. So you were preparing so many documents all across to meet the requirement. This sorts it out. But again, uh, like I said, it depends upon implementation. It makes it very powerful to with multiple authorities, it may be one thing did not work with one regulatory authority, it may have worked with another. Now, if it is a no from this regulatory authority, you are out of the game completely.
0: Uh, yeah, but there is a, there is a setback here also that I can sense that like they are going to create a regulatory body. But like now there is this NH, uh, NHERC, which is what I said right now. And then there is UGC then there is Ministry of Education, which is previously known as Ministry of uh, Human. Uh, Human yeah. Yeah.
1: So, mm-hmm. Now
0: mm-hmm. There, so now there are like four or five bodies that will overlap and like, you know, they have their roles are somewhat overlapping with each other because we, we don't know what is going to happen with UGC if it's if this is going to be the regulatory body. Like, what is going to happen to the state government? Because now so we are facing issues with the state government and UGC themselves, like these two bodies. But now we are adding another one to the mix. Like, what do you think? So,
1: but I think they will uh, delete one and keep uh, uh, one. Right? They're not going to continue with all. They've been wanting to do it for a very long time. So, it's not going to be all. I'm sure they will reach a decision.
0: And yeah, like now talking about some of the cons that I noticed about this was like the mother tongue system. Like, you know, it, it will cause a lot of problems because like they said, like till grade five, like it would be good if it's still grade eight, that, you know, the major communication language should be the mother tongue of a student because it helps them pick up things much faster when it's in their mother tongue rather than English, which is one of the most used languages. But there is a lot of con because then how will you... Like you know, convert them into English learning students if you're learning from your mother tongue. And they said their uh, three lang, the three language system is still in place, but they have also said you have to use your mother tongue. So like it's creating a lot of confusion, and they- it might be a lot difficult for students to grasp also because after fifth grade they suddenly realize now their education is in English. So like this la- like it will create a lot, it will create another level of language barrier for them. Like now they are studying in Marathi. Now they are going to. I, start think
1: in- I also feel is a big area of concern. A big area of concern, right? Even I feel it's a very big area of concern. How do, how does a child pick up, uh, English, after you know five solid years uh, where they have studied in the ma- uh, mother tongue, and uh, it's a big area of concern. I hope they figure out something else, <laughs> because. Uh, I don't know. How do we function without it? Even I, I don't know. And how do teachers teach in another language? we have got so yeah. used to, you know, uh, forget students. I was thinking if somebody were to ask me uh, to teach uh, uh, in my mother tongue or teach in the local language, I'll be a total failure. I don't know half the words. Uh, how, how do I express myself? So the way of expression changes completely. School teachers are really going to have a tough time.
0: And like, what do you think about this rebranding that has happened? Like the Ministry of Human, Ro- uh, Human Resource Department has been rebranded as the Ministry of Education. Like this is it's a solid been- marketing move, according to me.
1: So it's all wine in new bottle. That's what I think. They are ultimately doing the uh, uh, same thing, but giving it uh, better names. So I think let them innovate. Rebranding is all about that
0: and there is another con that you know like like what i said about they want to you know uh, create another regulatory body which is the national higher education regulatory council there have like many people and many media sources are also saying that it will also open up uh, open up for bureaucracy and red tapism because this is a regulatory body which is individual in nature they will have right. their own uh, on they will have their own uh, autonomous, uh, autonomous, autonomous, role, autonomous, autonomous yeah. role. So like they are saying that there will be like corruption and everything will be a lot more easier now because you can use this regulatory body to make decisions and play according to your advantage. So That's also one of the cons that they discovered that NHERC could play into the role of this
1: but now it's already come into implementation. So we already have to see when it gets implemented, what happens, right? Uh, Look, when they made the national education policy, uh, the government representatives went from state to state taking suggestions. Then they compiled the data and made it. Now it's execution time. So we can't complain about what's been made. It's been passed.
0: And like you know, like uh, many people are expecting that you know e- Indian like Indian education system want to introduce a lot more universities and a lot more schools you know, to talk to, to tackle with uh, the IMMs and, and the IITs of our India, and it is like a welcome sign to all the foreign universities also present there.
1: That's
0: but like the issue, main, the main issue is the infrastructure that is currently in place and adapting to this decision is a lot more tougher than actually saying this when they're releasing this policy.
1: Uh, but Abhishek, you know, uh, when they're talking about uh, uh, upgrading the institutes at the level of the IITs and the uh, the government is granting a lot of grants also. They have a board called RUSA, There, it gives a lot of grants for infrastructure uh, and uh, to upgrade the education system. So government, I think, has taken care of grants. But naturally, when government gives a grant, you have to follow their rules and regulations, right? So uh, getting money is not going to be a problem, but you have to utilize it for the purpose it's given, and you have to be within their uh, defined regulatory framework or you have to follow the policies that are laid down by them that is going to be more important yeah
0: and i've also seen signs because i read that government is going to increase the funding for education and also introduce a lot more grants and resources for research and uh, all other regulatory stuff you know, that for can... teachers
1: research there is so much money given by the utc government they give so much money many a times teachers don't take that money the money goes underutilized so when we talk about grants too, I think we have to keep this factor in mind. And I
0: I also read an article like I have it right in front of me. And it is about the situation where in you know, whether foreign universities will be allowed in India. So like uh, like there are many critics which are optimistic about this. Like one of them is Professor Craig Jeffrey. He's the director of Australia India Institute. At the University of Melbourne, he told Times Higher Education that no foreign institutions seemed interested. So, any legislative change may not lead to change. Because, in the two, they, they said in 2010s also there was like government showed us a welcome sign of coming, like we can set up our universities. But there was no, uh, what do you say, benefits for them to actually set up these in universities. And like if these benefits or if this decision that, you know, foreign universities, if they do materialize, any benefit from these campuses will not increase in places, but as demonstration sites and exemplars of institutions that combine research and teaching, they can showcase different models of teaching and learning. This was said by Alan Ruby. He's a senior fellow at the Alliance for Higher Education and Democracy at the University of Pennsylvania. He said, like, if this happens, it will open up a lot more Uh, a lot more teaching models regarding research and learning which can be shared with everyone and we can holistically develop our education together. So that was one of the articles that I read. And now, lastly, I want to talk about the, like, after going through the national policy and uh, your, your opinion about it, what do you think might what 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 are you expecting after in the education system after lockdown like suppose it ends so what are your expectations from the schooling from the national education at your level also what are you expecting from the government also after this lockdown what i'm
1: expecting and what i'm seeing is we're going to have uh, more adaptability in education adaptability in the sense uh, uh, students needs and wants are going to be taken into consideration and then you know you're going to take uh, go about designing your curriculum uh, they're going uh, there's going to be more skill-based education where we will expect students to at least know some skill when they come into it and AI artificial intelligence internet of things big data all this is going to play a very important role, uh, irrespective of the discipline uh, that you study.
0: And another fun fact I discovered is that the CBSE education, the CBSE Board of Education, they introduced subject like AI and design thinking into their schooling. Yes, yes. Which is, which is exciting. Like I wished I was in school again <laughs> because of this. And now yeah, uh, now, the ending this conversation between us, like I want you to also talk about Kiran 2020 that is going to happen in Nagindas Kanwala College. Firstly, it, was, it used to happen at Shanmukhan, which is like oh. the largest hall in Asia. But and you used to invite and we used to invite so many great speakers, but now it is all changed, the whole game's changed. And like as online events are happening, even your college has adapted to this online platform of. You know, giving a panel discussion or having such speeches and such keynotes taking place. So, what can you tell us about Kiran 2020 happening? Okay,
1: Uh, Kiran 2020 is happening on the 25th of September, and we have Mr. Simerjeet Singh, uh, uh, who is a motivational speaker, and he talks really well. And I think uh, whatever videos and clippings I've seen of him, he's very versatile. He talks about different topics best thing I, I like about him, he's very comfortable uh, speaking virtually. You know, it is not his first time doing it virtually. So that increases our confidence. For the Kirin team, it's definitely their first virtual experience. Uh, yesterday we were just talking about it and we were feeling nostalgic about uh, being together in Shanmukanand and clicking photographs and organizing the event right? Virtually changes the uh, ball game completely. But we look forward to it because your reach becomes higher now. You can reach more people, you can reach a more diverse audience, which we could not uh, physically uh, fit in into an auditorium. So I think that's the positive takeaway from it. And it's preparing uh, the team to take on things virtually. You know, they were used to the physical running around, moving around with walkie-talkies. Now they have to learn to coordinate virtually. I think that's the best management lesson ever possible. Uh, So, Abhishek, you have to be there. Yeah. And
0: what can you tell us about what is the keynote going to be about? What is our respective speaker going to
1: uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Simerjit Singh is going to talk about leading an inspired life how do you achieve uh, a toolkit for success and happiness? Uh, So how do you lead uh, that inspired life? And I think in time of COVID-19 and the pandemic and all that we are going through, uh, uh, I think we need to hear somebody who can inspire us uh, to be successful, which is very important, and to be happy.
0: This is such a relevant topic because finding inspiration and motivation currently is so difficult. (laughs) So like... Uh, I believe Kiran is going to provide that one sense of positivity towards everyone. Yes. So I I uh, I hope every listener who's listening to this watches Kiran. It's free. There is no there's no money you need to be paid, and you'll also get an e certificate for attending these keynotes. And like I also and if you have any questions or if you want to join Kiran 2020, you can DM. So NKBMS underscroll Kiran on Instagram. If you have any queries about it, you can DM them. If you want to join Kiran 2020, you can, I'm repeating it, you can DM NKBMS underscroll Kiran on Instagram. And if you have and if you need any other details, you could also contact me. I would uh, respectfully forward you to the team who's managing it. And ma'am, I also want to thank you because your college my college also nagindas khanwala college it got ranked number 1 among india's top 10 private higher education institutes for best management practices and systems and it was in the education world india higher grand jury 2020 2020 2021 and i also like i would like to congratulate on that and because many of the things that we discussed today in the educational policies regarding you know you can choose your subjects like we had we have been doing that from very early like we were the test batch like the 2018 batch was a <laughs> test batch and we could pick some subjects for extra marks and extra credits which yes. we have been doing and and which have been doing since 2018 so like I congratulate you for this achievement Thank and you all you that me. you've Thank done.
1: Thank you for being part of this beautiful journey uh, of learning and growing together.
0: So, ma'am, any last words you would like to say to the fellow students or teachers or any viewers that are listening to this and are, you know, are in doubt about the education or are in doubt about, you know, finding inspiration and how to? No, I do want to talk about
1: education now. Enough talk about education. <laughs> Uh, I want to congratulate Abhishek for running this podcast. I love the name, Let's Get Uncomfortable. And uh, I thought he would ask me, you know, why, how do you like the name or about it? But I think if you want to get comfortable in life, you have to go through uncomfortable situations. You have to release being uncomfortable only then can you get comfortable and all human beings i know in life want to be in a, a situation where they can do things according to their will and their desires so abhishek it's a fantastic platform right mm-hmm. i think talking about things uh, that make us uncomfortable ultimately create happiness for us so continue doing the good work and wish you all the best and yes Uh, viewers let's get uncomfortable it's very exciting to get uncomfortable right because you release that uh, and you become comfortable thank you
0: thank you ma'am for joining me and enlightening us about your opinion regarding all of the things that we have discussed because we, we, we desperately needed an opinion and we also wanted a breath of freshness because we never heard from like a principal or a vice principal about all of this. It was all on the news and you know, how is it going now? So we can't always trust them. So thank I hope, you
1: hope I did justice, did justice to uh, the opportunity that was given to me. Uh, thank you,
0: ma'am, for discussing and joining me. And let's meet so next much. week. And let's meet next week. And thank you everyone for joining in.